Today, I wanted to talk about some red flags. If you notice a red flag, choose to stop before that flag ends up stopping you. Last year, I bought a gorgeous Fiat 500 Duologic Auto 2015. It had taken me a long time to decide that I maybe no longer needed the power nor the expense of my aging Mark I Audi TT and figured the cost of the work I wanted to do on my car would be offset by a newer car that needed less done. That's not to say my TT isn't roadworthy. It sailed through its MOT, but opening the door one frosty spring morning had broken the window regulator and a few too many brushes with the curb meant that I needed to refurb my alloys. I took the Fiat home on April 28th, 2022, and on April 29th, found myself calling the AA on a dual carriageway roundabout because the gear had jumped into neutral whilst driving. Thankfully, my husband also came out and pushed me to a safer place. The AA towed the car to the dealership, and they called me that afternoon saying the car started fine, it wasn't throwing up any fault codes, and so I took it back. Although wary... I managed a careful short trip on a smart motorway with no hard shoulder, but happened without incident. And I began to think, well, okay, maybe this is a one-off. May 2nd, the same thing happened again. Luckily, this dual carriageway had a bus stop and my husband was in the car, so he saw what happened. And our friends were following and they caught dash cam footage. My husband eventually got it started and we returned to the dealership. And I said I could no longer trust the car and I wanted to return it. May 3rd. The dealership called and said, well, we've spoken to Fiat. It's a known issue and Fiat was going to repair it. And if I wanted a car in the meantime, they had one and I could take my purchase back on Thursday. What would you have done? I have to admit it was tempting. I'd made the mindset shift to choose the car. Fiat was going to fix it. It was under warranty, so there'd be no extra cost. And I'd also borrowed money from my dad to buy it in the first place. And paying him back being that little bit easier than the bank. But given that he used to go with me for purchases and we'd already had the conversation over whether he trusted me enough to choose correctly, despite a clean test drive, I wasn't so sure I wanted to explain that to him. Plus, I dislike conflict and I didn't want to upset the dealer. There are so many reasons why I could easily have said, oh, go on, then I'll take it. And perhaps they resonate with you, maybe not in this situation, but those pertaining to jobs, relationships, or even other things that just don't seem to work. I've always said when it comes to emotional connections, there are many similarities across situations and we do need to learn from our behaviors in one area. So let's unpack what happened. A one-off could be just that. I admit I wasn't going to run scared despite the rather frightening first incident because it could have been a one-off. I had nonetheless looked up the issue, found a few forums that did confirm my concerns. It was happening to others and there were no fault codes and there were no fixes available. But as I said, could have just been a one-off. The next question is, if it's not a one-off, how much are you willing to get used to? On the forums, I also saw what other people were doing. Admittedly, their cars were out of warranty and they couldn't initiate a return under the law. For example, the Consumer Rights Act 2015, which is the short-term right to reject. One person had said that they noticed their gear slipped out when braking in fourth and fifth, so only broken third. Another was able to breathe a sigh of relief if the car worked after the first 10 minutes because a cold engine seemed to be their problem. And others were simply not driving theirs. Let's for a moment break that down. Just how much is a car controlling those people? Just how much could that issue be controlling you? 
and just how much of this can be applicable to our actions in other walks of life. I know that when I want something or like something, I will get used to quite a lot without really thinking about what I'm compromising of myself in order to do so. Next thought, which voices in your head do you listen to? There will be conflicting opinions. I know many people when I bought the car had commented on how much they loved theirs and how reliable it was. And there's even my own voice, which said, well, you've committed to it now, stick with it and don't tell your dad you messed up. Many people, including myself, know that a secondhand car is likely to give problems early on. My TT did. Since then, it has run beautifully for over four years. But there were others who asked, is it worth the risk? There will be other cars. And one voice in particular, that of my husband, explained, the problem is, if you can't identify the fault, you cannot replicate the fault. Then how do you know the fault is fixed? It's not even that there's any nefarious behavior. But simply, the system doesn't allow you to know for sure. So would you stop at that red flag? Well, I'd already gone past one red flag by taking the car back in the first instance. I'd been given a second chance, and unfortunately, it happened again in a really short amount of time. So I decided that no matter what the mind monkey chatter or real chatter was going to say, I wasn't going to risk a third instant. I went to the dealer on the Tuesday with my letter of rejection, received my old car back and went away expecting a full refund of the balance in 14 days. Then, after a lot of admin where my car insurance certainly must have thought I was losing it, I booked in my TT for a refurb on its alloys. It might never happen, that is very true, but what are the consequences if it did? Maybe I missed out on a lovely little newly fixed car with the advantages of low road tax, low petrol costs. Maybe I need to find different ways to offset my carbon footprint. Maybe I need to keep reminding myself that I took a test drive and everything seemed fine and that's all I could do beforehand. But what if that fix didn't work or it failed again? Isn't it better that I'd be late for an appointment, but at worst, I wouldn't arrive at all? There are reasons why we ignore red flags but weigh up the benefits of doing so against the worst case scenario on the same route. Perhaps one red flag is a one-off, but note it and address it, because if nothing else, it means the other person is aware. Another point to remember is when the same thing happens twice and no one can plead ignorance, even if they aren't responsible, you do need to consider what other causes of action are available to you as well as really reflect on the benefits of continuing to ignore the warning over the possible consequences. As a coach, I cannot tell you what to do. As a friend, I certainly don't. But what helped me bring this to a conclusion was reflecting on my reasons why I might ignore a red flag, especially the emotional ones, and not just the because I like the car ones. Knowing which voices have your best interests at heart is also really important. I'm certainly not saying dealerships will say anything to make you buy the car, but I am saying some people will have their own agendas. If your story resonates with others, look at their situation and ask yourself if that's what you're willing to get used to. That's not actually to say that red flags don't go away. Actually, in any other circumstance, if I could see a fix had occurred, even if it took time or relapsed, I probably would have chosen differently. But I come back to what my husband said. If a fault cannot be seen, it cannot be properly fixed. 
And that perhaps is the biggest lesson of them all and a reminder of why self-awareness is one of the biggest assets any of us can possess. And that's all we have time for. But for more practical ways to boost your well-being, check out my YouTube channel, Dr. Audrey T, Practical Tools for Everyday Wellbeing, or my Facebook page of the same name. Or have a look at my website, www.draudreyt.com, or tune in to the Wellbeing Lounge on Tuesday nights, 9 till 10, for your hour of mental health on NLive Radio.